Part 10. I Believe in Santa Claus. Ring, ring. Goldman's cell phone rings in the middle of a swanky dinner party. Uh, excuse me, Beyonce, I have to take this. Goldman heads to a quiet spot. He answers. Hello, Max. Mr. Goldman, I found Santa's escape boat, but my one good lead just dead-ended. Fine, fine. I have a friend who has gotten his hands on some of the infected fun game boxes, and I was going to try and make some sense out of them. He says scientific proof will be time-intensive, but he can track down where they came from and who they were sold to. It might just be the break we need. You know what, Max? Santa is yesterday's news. You'll get your full pay plus a sizable bonus. Come back and forget about the case. Today, Toymaker Worldwide became much more important than Santa will ever be. Max hangs up the phone. So does Goldman. Max taps his phone on the roof of his car, thinking. Now why wouldn't you want me to see this through? Max gets in his car and drives off of the Prancer residence property. The reindeer watch him go, hiding behind some trees. Back in New York City, Alden has been at another party, not as classy as the one Goldman was at. Outside of Alden's apartment, Alden and an attractive lady stumble up his stairs. He reaches into his pocket and takes out a bottle of champagne. I took it! <laughs> Alden leans her up against the wall and kisses her. I'm glad you're here with me tonight, Madison. My name's not Madison. Tonight it is. <laughs> he kisses her neck and she gets into it. He kicks open the door and they stumble in. A couple weeks go by and it's approaching middle of the year. Jane has been a sport, continuing to open her home to Santa and the baby elf. But honestly, it's starting to take a toll on her financially. That morning, Jane fries an egg. Santa walks in with black hair and no beard, his nose twitching. Mmm, smells delicious. I can make you one this time, but you're going to need to learn how to stand on your own two feet. What do you mean? What I mean is I can't support two new mouths in my house on a waitress's salary. But we had everything we needed back at the house. And you can't go back there until we know it's safe. Jane hands Santa a newspaper. I'm sure you can find something. Santa looks through the job postings. He runs his finger down the page. He stops. Mm. No experience necessary. <laughs> That's me. Later, Santa's locked in an interview. He's in a small office, and the boss man sits across from Santa Claus. We usually try to hire someone with the look we need, but you're the only person we've had apply. I understand. Don't expect too many visitors, all things considered, but it's a tradition, and keeping traditions means something. Santa nods. Job secured. Moments later, Santa walks out and he's in a department store in a shopping mall. Banners announce this month's promotion, Christmas in July. A gaudy display sits in the middle of the store. Big cardboard gifts covered in shiny wrapping paper and bows, fake snow, and a big red pole that reads, North Pole. A big leather recliner sits inside the display. Santa sits in it, wearing a poorly made Santa suit and a terrible fake beard. Baby Elf sits to his side in a cheap green elf costume. A woman and a child walk by. Santa waves. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas in July! The child sticks his tongue out at Santa and keeps walking. Santa looks out to the toy section. There's a large display titled Anti-Santa. Naughty is the new nice. A kid is beating the crap out of a Santa punching bag. Oh, my. 
Toymaker Worldwide has expanded, and their production facility looks like what you would imagine Amazon Prime distribution centers are like, mixed with one of those how-it's-made episodes inside a hot sauce factory or something. A long line of employees package toys, and they make their way to the last employee. He squeezes a tube, and a drop of ooze falls out. He smears it on the seal of the package. He gets another toy and squeezes the tube. Nothing comes out. He rattles it and squeezes it again. Uh, guys? Everyone looks up at him, and he walks over to the big red button on the wall. He pushes it, and all of their machines come to a screeching halt. A red light flashes. Alden walks out onto the floor. You never stop production. But, but... But what? We're all out. Alden reaches for the tube and squeezes it. Nothing comes out. Alden squeezes it some more. Alden addresses the rest of the room. You have the rest of the day off. Come back regular time tomorrow morning. Moments later, we're in Alden's luxury car, clearly an upgrade from his money-mongering. Alden honks the horn as he holds his phone to his ear. I'm on my way to make more of the saliva candy cane mixture. I'll be there by nightfall. Good. Back at the Texas department store, worlds collide as Madison visits her mother in the same small Texas town that Santa is staying in. A Buick parks in the parking lot outside the store. Madison's mother gets out of the car. So do Madison and Justin. Okay, so we have to be fast. We don't want to miss our flight, guys. Don't be such a worry wart, Madison. New York City will be there when you get back. Ah, mother. Don't ugh, mother me. Can't the grandmother get her grandson a present? Justin runs ahead into the department store and Madison and her mother follow. He sees the North Pole display and tugs on Madison's blouse. Please gonna go talk to Santa? I don't know, honey, I- Please! Go ahead, Justin. Justin runs to Santa and sits on his lap. Well, hello there, little one. Hi, Santa. What do you want for Christmas? In July? I don't want anything. I just wanted you to know that I still believe in you no matter what. Justin leans in and hugs Santa. Santa's face twitches like a shock to the heart. Memories flood back like a tsunami. Making my list and checking it twice. Another great year, Santa. Christmas with you is always a dream come true. Gonna find out who's naughty or nice. You're everything to me, Kris Kringle. Santa Claus, I mean, <laughs> I am coming to town. Crack, splash, rumble. Mrs. Claus gets covered in ice, dead. No! Santa sees Dancer, captured. I don't believe in Santa Claus! Whoosh. Santa snaps out of it, Justin still seated on his lap. He pats Justin on the head. <laughs> Thank you, Justin, and I will believe in you always. That's why Christmas is a holiday worth fighting for. Justin hugs Santa. Wait, how did you know my name? Because the real Santa Claus knows everyone's name. That evening, Santa goes back to the Prancer residence. Santa gets out of his Suburban with the baby elf in hand. Santa walks up the driveway and opens the door to the house. He's still wearing his mall Santa outfit. Santa turns on the lights. He stops. Over 200 people stand cramped in the house. What's the meaning of all this? Terry pushes his way to the front of the crowd. He's the mastermind of this organization. We all believe in you, sir. We're here to help. Terry holds up the paper cutout stencil with the I Believe in Santa Claus picture on it. He puts it down and cocks his head to the side. 
Terry grabs Santa's fake beard and takes it off. Are you sure you're the real Santa Claus? Santa holds up a jingle bell and jingles it. He walks outside. The people flood out of the house following. They see eight reindeer fly up to Santa and settle down. I'm positive. In one magical moment, Santa's beard grows back immediately. Oh, sugar cookies. <laughs> and his hair turns bright white. <laughs> this concludes part 10 of the greatest Christmas story ever told. Santa's got his memory back. That means it's business time. So stay with us for more.